Life Management Science Labs would like to acknowledge that we live and produce this podcast on the traditional lands of the Wurundjeri people. We'd also like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land of our listeners and our international colleagues. We'd like to thank and pay our respects to the elders, past, present, and emerging. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Doing Well, the Wellbeing Science Insights podcast produced by LMSL, the Life Management Science Labs. We are champions of life management science, providing structured insights informed by science and inspired by practice on key aspects of conscious living. Each week, we bring you scientific and practical insights on each element with the expert knowledge of professionals in the field. I'm your host, Blue Ngo, coming to your ears from NARM, Melbourne, Australia. Let's learn together. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Doing Well, the show where we talk about all things well-being. And today I have a guest all the way from India. I'm very excited to talk to her about today's topic, which is related to pro-environmental behaviors. It's a mouthful, I know, but it's a super important topic. And today we have in our virtual studio, Porna Kana, and we are going to talk about the fact that protecting the environment is also protecting ourselves. This is a topic that is really near and dear to our guest heart and also my heart. So we're going to have a lot of fun talking about it. I was just doing a, the first run earlier and I was talking about the fact that she had an accident a few weeks ago. So I'm going to have to talk about it again. It's not really fun to talk about, but um, it just shows how much um, effort you put into this because, you know, you should be resting and you cannot really move your left arm, but you're here talking to us. Uh, so thank you so much for being here. And um, I think it's going to be a really great conversation. I love the questions that our team has prepared. And I'm also excited to talk to you before I throw over to you to introduce yourself. I want to let our audience know that Porna is very enthusiastic and passionate about protecting the environment, even though her nine to five only has a small portion of working with the environment. She's actually, um, I would say, an environmentalist outside of work, outside of her nine to five. And I think that's the most beautiful thing I've heard this week. I just love when people are passionate about things and they do that outside of work. Um, and so I'm going to throw over to our guest now to introduce herself and talk about why she decided to do the work that she do and how she's able to keep up her nine to five while being a, an environmentalist. So take it away for now. Please tell us a bit more about yourself. So, uh, thank you, Ingrid, for the warm introduction and also for inviting me on. So uh, it's it's a really great story, I guess. So, so whenever asked, if someone asked me that, you know, why uh, am I an environmentalist? How did I end up, end up being what I am? So uh, the the answer that I have is uh, you know destiny. So it 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 was a play, and uh, I guess I what I would like to say is universe kind of you know acted in ways that got me work, and uh, it's 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 uh, actually started when I was a child, and uh, during my school days uh, I used to be pretty active in doing everything that I could. And uh, environmentalism was a big part of what uh, and who I was when I was a child because uh, I started uh, my school's eco club when I was in class seven. And uh, from then on, uh, there was no looking back. Uh, we did pretty cool stuff over there. We started a project called Save the Sparrow. And uh, we used to do recycling and a lot of other cool things. We used to go on the ground and do all the cool stuff. You know, talking to people, uh, asking them to change their behaviors into pro-environmentalism. And it was great fun. And at the same time, we used to feel so responsible and uh, so grown up. And uh, pretty much from then on, uh, my journey has, uh, you know, somewhat streamlined itself into being an environmentalist. Uh, I have always cared about how things work in nature. I have been curious and... Uh, when I was growing up, I saw a lot of things happening around me that changed me, that moved me. And uh, I started my career, my professional career as an educator. So during my stint, I used to take students out to, you know, dark sites and make them see the stars and uh, the galaxies and all the pretty astronomical stuff. And then was uh, when the, you know, realization hit that, you know, to, to see all those stuff, to see, to be close to nature, we choose to go outside where we are. So we live in a city, 
we live uh, in a pretty you know developed city but then we have to go outside you know the boundaries of the city to be closer to nature and uh, that's something you know really sad and disappointing i would say and that was the point of realization that hit me and uh, then i you know changed my career path and did my masters in environment management and uh, did a lot of courses that you know opened my eyes and uh, opened the doors and when it was actually it was actually the lockdown that happened during covid that you know that changed my entire perspective because when we were closed the human race was inside their houses locked it was then when the nature started healing itself not just in india but through the globe throughout the globe you know there were there were a lot of news that came in you know the nature started healing itself the air quality is better the water quality is better and a lot of things kind of got better when the human uh, interference got decreased and uh, yeah that is when my personal journey as an environmentalist started and i started you know doing these sessions with the kids with the corporates and with the universities to make them realize that it is now or never if we are not changing our behaviors now if we are not realizing our responsibilities now then we can't save the earth and uh, as cliched it might sound but there is no earth b there is no planet b there is no saving the human race if we are not saving the earth so yeah that's uh, something that you know kind of encapsulates my journey and Wow, that's super cool. I remember you were talking about uh, the number of projects you have been involved in as well when it comes to protecting the environment. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yes. So, until now I have done uh, more than 50 sessions with the children and more than 10 to 15 sessions with the corporates where, you know, I uh, speak on different topics, uh, whether it is biodiversity, whether it is waste management, whether it's air quality. and i also have some blogs published uh, on aqi.in which uh, which is open for you to read and everybody in the audience to read so uh, i write i create content and i try to you know uh, do whatever is in my you know capability in my human capabilities to kind of uh, maneuver human behavior in terms of pro environmentalism and uh, I would say that is what got me here as well. Oh, that's so wonderful. I really love that. And that's why I got the feeling already when we started, you're the perfect person to talk about this topic. Um, and yeah, we're really grateful to have you on the show. Before we go into the questions about the topic, let's get to know you a bit better. We call this section, Have You Met Porna? Where we're going to get a few of your recommendations. It's my favorite way to get to know someone. So first of all, which book would you recommend to our audience? Uh, so uh, one book so uh, actually I started reading uh, when I was in school and uh, Pride and Prejudice by Jane Austen was what uh, got me into reading and I fell in love uh, with reading when I read that but one book that I will recommend to everyone uh, would be uh, The White Tiger by Arvind Adekar uh, it is a socio-political satire uh, it's, it's black and it's dark and it's, it's a very good read ดิไวท์ไทเกอร์บายอัลเบนอาดิดาโอเคเวอร์อินเทอร์สติ้งอีเนเวอร์เฮิร์ดออฟดัตวันบีฟอร์โซเดฟินิตลี่พุตดัต
So uh, I I I sometimes when I am low and feeling that I have nothing to do, I hear this uh, one called Love Stories. Yeah, is that by Trent Dalton by any chance? Yes. Yeah, I love that. Oh, I love his book. I love the Love Stories book because it's so real. Because it's in Australia as well. He's an Australian author, so I really love that one. Uh, wonderful. Next one. Who is your famous role model? And if not a famous person, then who is your personal role model? So, uh, the person is not famous, but uh, I try to, you know, when you talk about a role model, so I tend to get uh, motivated and I tend to get encouraged by everything around me, whether it's the non-living or living. I get uh, motivated by the animals, by the plants, by the planets. But uh, one human being that has really moved me and inspired me uh, would be one of my uh earlier managers so uh she uh her name is uh, miss kinjan dawla and uh, you know uh, the way she operates the way she is so as a human as an environmentalist as a professional uh she is just amazing and uh, you know the way she operates the way she is has just you know uh, ignited something in me and i really want to be something like her when i you know get ahead in my travel yeah oh i love that yeah I, i used to have a manager like that as well and she also really inspired me and i love that when you you know start your career and you have someone to inspire you it really keeps you going and you know like i don't know about you but to me like i think about that manager a lot and i just try to emulate her energy when you know like when i want to kind of be a better leader myself Um, and even like a better human. So yeah, I really love that. Just a little rant there. Finally, what is a course you completed that you want to talk about? So uh, I would I would say there are two courses that you know really touched my life, and uh, those were related to eco tourism, and one was related to urban uh, management, urban space management, and though both were taken by uh, the same professor, Professor Pradeep Bhattacharya. And it was amazing because you know uh, the courses when we do uh, sitting at one place hearing the lectures it gets it it gets a bit tedious and you kind of lose the uh, practical experience. But when he used to take them, he used to take us out and you know we used to roam around in on roads in Delhi and then we used to see what kind of trees are there and why they are planted over there, what kind of planning is involved, and he used to have crazy stories for us. And uh, we used to do, you know, we used to have live experiences while learning something. So that kind of accelerated our potential, our learning through that course. So yeah, though both of these courses, super recommend. Oh, I love that! Thank you so much for sharing them. And now let's go into the topic. So we've got to know you a bit better. Now it's time to talk about the environment and your passion. Before we go into the part where we discuss the environment in detail, let's start with well-being. This show is all about well-being, and I love asking my guests this question because each definition is very different. What is your personal definition of well-being? What does well-being mean to you? Yeah, so you know, well-being is a very comprehensive term. And uh, when we generally talk about well-being, people, you know, assume that we're talking about their physical being, their physical wellness. But wellness is a lot more than that. It has, you know, mental wellness. We have social wellness. We have emotional wellness. And when I talk, uh, I include one more term, which is environmental wellness, because uh, you know a lot of uh, the things that are in our environment impact us. So uh, I guess it's it's the balance amongst all these uh, that you know that contribute to us being you know well and okay I would say and uh, yeah so when we talk about wellness it's not just physical it's it it's it encapsulates everything all these components and then only I can say that I am well so even if mm-hmm. I am not doing well physically uh, right now. But I am still doing well because I'm happy uh, socially. I'm I'm in a good place professionally. I'm in a good place emotionally, and uh, mentally I'm doing okay. And environmentally I'm doing perfect. So I would say I'm well now. 
Yeah, I love that. Really love your energy there, and I just love how you include um, the environmental factor there because uh, this is new. This is a different thing that I've heard uh, for the first time on this show because I know we're talking about the environment today, uh, but I guess not a lot of us think about environmental wellness when we talk about well-being. Um, so this is definitely something new to all of us. I guess we can all get inspired by you today and I'm keen to find out more about how we can do that. So you have your personal definition and I'm sure you would notice um, other people have their own definitions as well. And I think from your own definition, I would like to hear what you think would be some of the biggest misconceptions that people have You know, could be people around you, could be things you observe on the internet, um, within your circles, um, some of the misconceptions when it comes to well-being. So what do you think they are? So I guess uh, the biggest misconception that uh, is prevalent today is that the definition of well-being or the definition of physical well-being or mental well-being is consistent, uh, which is actually not. Uh, when we talk about physical well-being, It is also very different for each, uh, you know, human, whether it is a woman, whether it's a man, and even if it's a woman, physical well-being uh, can mean a lot of different things for different humans. It is never consistent. It is very dynamic. So uh, let's say that, you know, uh, I am a 27-year-old and uh, there is another 27-year-old female. And even biologically, we would be very different Uh, the situation going on in our body would be very different. So we cannot say that the things that hold true for me, the conditions that hold true for me might hold true for her. So, uh, you know, when we start comparing our uh, conditions, our situation, uh, that kind of creates, you know, uh, difficulties because uh, my fever or my, uh, you know, palpitations might, be, uh, might mean something else. But Uh, that those things for her might, uh, you know, would be something else. And uh, that holds true for all kinds of, you know, uh, wellness, whether it's physical wellness, whether it's mental well-being or emotional or social. So I guess uh, the one biggest misconception or method that we are the same. No two person, no two people are the same. So, you know, we should really stop comparing and, you know, Take, uh, take professional help whenever it's required. Not, uh, not trying to, you know, treat ourselves uh, on our own. Uh, so yeah, that would be the misconception that I want to feel. Yeah, totally. I couldn't agree more. And I think to take that into, put that into perspective and just to take what you just said, I think for you, um, let's say well-being includes environmental well-being. For somebody else, it might not include that aspect, but it doesn't mean that their level of well-being is lower than yours. It might just mean that, you know, at some point in their life, they might recognize and realize that they need to pay attention to that because now, you know, or then it starts to make sense. Um, and so now let's talk about pro-environmental behavior. Since we touched on uh, the misconception and, and your own definition, how would you define pro-environmental behaviors? Um. It's, it's really difficult to put that into a single sentence. You know, when we say uh, pro-environmentalism, I would say that, you know, if I talk about my country, India, there's a term called uh, Vasudev Kutumbakam, which is, uh, which usually translates to one world, one family. So uh, I think that that entire family not just includes us humans, But that also includes abiotic and biotic components both. So whether it's uh, whether it's the whether it's the sun or the moon or the planets or the greenery around us or the animals or the water, the air, everything forms that environment. And one major misconception that people have is that when we talk about environment, we only talk about those things, which is not true. Uh, when we talk about environment, we also talk about human environment. So even uh, when I say that my environment is uh, doing okay, I would talk. I would also talk about the other humans that constitute my environment, my surrounding. So uh, yes, uh, when I say 
pro environmentalism it would be something the efforts that you know that would be uh, into the direction of creating a perfect balance which is very difficult uh, yes it's very difficult but then uh, it is not impossible so creating that perfect balance finding you know the equilibrium between all the factors is what pro environmentalism would mean and uh, yeah uh, coming from a country uh, where you know where uh, the rivers are uh, rivered so i recently you know i recently got to witness uh, the ganga aarti in which uh, there were around you know thousands of people and they were actually revering the river which is which is wonderful and uh, in our culture it is it is you know uh, it is a regular uh, of you know of revering plants and animals and revering the mountains and uh, yeah that's the beauty of uh, what i would say my culture and if we could you know uh, somehow emulate in it in these cultures across the globe it would be wonderful i mean uh, finding that perfect balance respecting one another as well as the components around us is what pro environmentalism is so the key word is respect yeah oh i love that so so good to hear honestly and i think for 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 you in particular your cultural background probably has a really strong influence on you in that regard because like you said this is not like out out of the norm i guess you know for me like coming from vietnam this is so different we don't do that um very often and in australia especially i don't see that a lot like i see a lot of rallies to support the environment but but no you know like there's there's no what what how did you say it uh, something with the river um what was that yeah, word that so, you were using uh, it has a religious revenance so people revere yeah. the river yeah okay revere the river there you go yeah that is such a new thing to me so i'm kind of like processing that information so interesting uh so We are talking about well-being on this show and obviously we have a really strong emphasis on pro-environmental behaviors. You already included this in your definition of, of well-being already, but let's make the connection. Okay, so to you Purna, how do pro-environmental behaviors affect our well-being? Yeah. So, uh to answer that question, I would really want to break up the environment So when we talk about environment we talk about air we talk about water we talk about waste uh and we talk about biodiversity those are the major components of you know how our environment is and uh, let's take it one by one so when we talk about air air pollution uh, you know is one of the major uh, factors that you know uh, impact our well-being so uh I don't know whether you know this or not but the WHO has you know uh, said that there are around 7 million deaths that happen every year that can be co- attributed to air pollution alone so and uh, this is something that people are not even realizing on their daily basis because air particles are so tiny you know uh, so if i talk about the components of air is PM10, PM2.5, PM1 and if i talk about PM2.5 which is uh, which is kind of you know uh, which we can inhale and which can enter our system it is uh, if if you see if you see one hair strand even one hair strand is not you know visible but the PM2.5 particle is 30 times smaller than you know one hair strand so that particle when we inhale you know it gets into our bloodstream and uh, you know it kind of accumulates itself and causes a lot of problems and those problems are not just limited to the respiratory system that we might you know assume or uh, those particles can also reach our brain and harm our neural system those can also damage our circulatory system those can hamper our digestive system and uh by the studies that you know are happening uh, nowadays research suggests that they can also hamper the reproductive system so those tiny particles which we cannot even see they enter into our system and hamper us in ways we cannot even imagine and uh, 
that is something that we also fail to realize because you know there is no guarantee we are just we cannot see air and we cannot see and we cannot tell whether it's polluted or whether it's not polluted the common indicators yes can be soot and smoke which we can see physically and we can determine that yes that yes this uh, you know this air is polluted but uh, most of the times we cannot even judge and it is so dynamic that you know we are not even aware that it is impacting us in a lot of ways and the worst part is that with time it only gets worse so yes i would say that you know that in that domain it is impacting us a lot and it's it's we assume that you know in our home in our room we are safe and we are not safe because a lot of times the indoor air quality can be five times worse than the outdoor air quality and you know our mothers uh, you know they're cooking in the kitchens we are cooking in the kitchen and kitchen is a very you know it, it is a hot spot of uh, indoor air pollution and we not we, we, we do not even realize that and when we talk about water water impacts us in the ways that is you know perceivable by us so it is quite conspicuous because uh, you know when we drink water the impact is pretty instant so when you drink water that is polluted you know uh, we get ill you know quite instantaneously and that is that can be relatively measured and even when you talk about water there are a lot of components that uh, that cannot be measured because we cannot see the uh, microorganisms that are there in the water and we don't know what we are consuming and uh, the kind of ways we are polluting the river system and the kind of ways we are you know uh, consuming the uh, the the water table it is it it is threatening and uh, south uh, south africa uh, there there's one country uh, which i am forgetting i'm really sorry which is uh, you know which reached its uh, day zero when when it uh, you know when it comes to uh the uh, water table and that's cape town so cape town uh, has reached its day zero uh decades ago and that is something very threatening because we have no water to consume now and it's if i talk about india delhi bangalore i mean all the metro cities are have their countdowns ready they are nearing day zero when the, the water table would get empty and that's something that i don't want to come and we as human race would not want it to come because that would have a lot of you know repercussions that we have to bear whether it's uh, whether it's in the form of natural calamities or whether it's in the form of man made calamities and uh, you know when i talk about waste management uh, we know something something are called microplastics and those microplastics are consumable because they enter into the ecosystem and we don't know how and when we consume them but there are studies and recently very recently it was found that you know a components of microplastics were present in the blood streams of newborn babies so that is something that should you know generate curiosity that should generate you know that should generate fear amongst us and we should we should try to kind of reverse the situation but the sad part is that we're not realizing and uh, we really don't care and uh, the thing is that it can be we can do a lot of things into this you know into this direction where uh, we can find ways to strike the balance but we're not and uh, there are a lot of other ways also that you know the environment around us is impacting our health our wellness uh, you know when we if, if i talk about the natural uh, environment you know having one walk into the nature is so relaxing so mind it refreshes our minds so much it is so revitalizing but you know when we are into our room uh, in front of the computers in the entire day doing nothing else you know uh we kind of you know our mental stability also gets impacted and we are not realizing that you know one touch of nature one touch of you know uh the natural surroundings can bring us so much peace and so much wellness 
and the day we realize this i guess it will all be fine yeah those are striking statistics really i didn't really know about the things that you just shared and i guess that's quite alarming to a lot of us you know even if it's not right next door or you know happening right where you are it's super important to pay attention because i guess you know now everyone is probably absorbed in something or worried about lives or thinking about a lot of different things on the internet that they just don't pay attention to actually protecting the environment and realizing how much damage is being done as we speak. Um, and yeah, I think for me, what I heard from you is, uh, actually, I think it's twofold or maybe three. Um, so one, obviously, you know, the, the pro environmental behaviors that we can do and um, what we are able to do will not only help the environment, but help ourselves. And when you were mentioning, um, the aspect of feeling a sense of peace, to me, that sounds like self-care. And in fact, you know, I wanted to ask you about that, but you already covered it. So, you know, obviously it's not just about uh, bringing wellness into our lives, increasing, you know, health and well-being, but also think of that as a sense of self-care because you're actually nurturing your soul in certain aspects. And I think nature and, and the environment has that sort of healing power that you don't really think about. Um, and I, I, I talk about it quite a bit on this show where, you know, wh when whenever there's this like sense of imbalance or if anything happens and I'm in nature and I'm connected to the environment, I feel I feel alive. I feel well again. And I think that is probably the most beautiful thing that we have. That's, you know, like it's free. Genuinely, that connection. Um, there's no sense of materialism or, you know, chasing certain things. Um, there's no social media involved in this day and age. Um, and it's just like, you know, you, you truly connect it to yourself and to, to the planet. Um, so we already covered, you know, the pro-environmental behavior, um, the, the benefits and the, the aspect of self-care. So let's talk a bit more about um, how this can be a bit more impactful because obviously we are talking about this topic now. It's just the two of us. Um, I'm pretty sure you you talk to your friends about this a lot or people around you. So you do activities, you know, like you actually go and do speaking engagements, you do other workshops and things like that. Um, for me, I don't do that. Um, and it's like new days for me and early days for me to, to get to know about all these things. Um, I try to be as environmentally conscious as I can, but I don't know all the facts or at least not as much as you do. And I'm pretty sure that if I have a person like you in my life, I would be super inspired every day. So how do you think social interactions can help with our pro-environmental behaviors? Because I think this is a message that we can send to our audience, right? Not everyone is as aware as you are, but we can all do our things, like do our little things um, and social interactions as well. When we talk to friends, I'm pretty sure there's got to be something we can do as a community. So what do you think about that? So, uh, I mean, uh, that's a great question. And that's a very genuine question, I would say. Because, uh, you know, uh, there is, whenever, uh, you know, in my journey, I have had days when I am doing something and I have been told, we, you know, what will happen if you are the only person who is taking care of the environment? There are millions that are not. So in Hindi, they, they say, what Or what will happen if it is only a few people, a few handful of people who are doing something good? There, there, are, more, there are more people who are doing bad things. And so to that, I would say that, you know, it really doesn't matter if you are the lone warrior or if it's you. Because, uh, you know, uh, if we go by the statistics, if we go math, I don't, I don't know that mathematics is really beautiful. So if I say that, you know, the population of Earth is, you know, 7 billion, 7 billion or 8 billion, it is increasing day by day. So even if there, there are, you know, point one person people who share your thoughts, who share your understanding, there is a good amount of people that you know that are working in this direction so in any case you're not alone and uh, there are a number of in instances uh, i would like to share one so uh one day i was uh, you know i was uh, uh hanging out with one of my friends and uh, 
he kind of pointed out you know there there was waste around and uh, i decided to you know take it up and throw it in the dustbin so he said he said that you know why are you doing this uh, will you pick up all the waste around all the roads and start uh, start you know uh, throwing it in the dustbin it will not make any difference and i will i said that you know even if i can't take responsibility for the others i can take responsibility for myself and if i take responsibility for myself it will have you know a ripple effect so i started picking up uh, it and throwing it in the dustbin and we were into in, in a market area and uh, when i was doing that i was throwing that stuff he said that if you start i will also start throwing so he started throwing it with me and i don't know how i don't know why but uh, all the shopkeepers around uh, us they also started coming and they also started picking up the waste when you were throwing it in the dustbin because wow. uh, and that was something so beautiful and that was something uh. i i don't know it it kind of gave me a confidence gave me a boost that you know it's it's about mirror effect you know psychologically yeah. uh, we kind of mirror the things that are around us so if we see that you know if we see that you know people are throwing uh, waste outside their cars or outside their homes on roads so we also start doing that you know we kind of mirror their behavior so if we kind of reverse that situation and if we start doing something good then people will follow it is in human nature it is their it is the human instinct you know that we mirror things so it is very important to you know to have a strong foothold on what you believe in because if you believe that you are right and if you believe that you are doing right then people will follow if not in millions if not in thousands but even if you can't change one person's perspective that one person will change one person's perspective and then that will be a domino and thinking about that you have done your role so even if you can change one person's life in your entire lifetime you can be indirectly responsible for changing thousands and that yeah. is what i believe in because you know revolution doesn't start uh, and revolution doesn't happen in one go so coming from a country that you know uh, that has a beautiful history of uh, you know of revolution and you know uh, empowering getting empowered i would say that that entire indian revolution or revolution anywhere outside india anywhere in the world doesn't happen because of one chapter because of one person it was a beautiful amalgamation of a lot of millions little stories that you know kind of came together and kind of you know uh ended in a beautiful way i would say so we shouldn't be affected by what people are saying so if if you know that you're doing good then you continue doing that and people need always to think that you you are uh, doing okay and yeah. that's not just one episode there are a lot of other episodes like that so yeah i guess that uh, social behavior and kind of uh, you know how you talk to people and how you kind of influence people is very important in environmentalism because uh, you know it is one topic that is uh, very misunderstood and uh, there is no talk about environmentalism or environment in our regular lives right and it is but it is on the other hand it is one thing that uh, changes everything it has a uh, social impact it has economical impact it has health impact it has physical impact so uh, environmentalism and you know uh, the environment that is around us impacts everything in our lives it also causes inflation directly and indirectly it also causes the you know economical imbalance or recession uh, so if a country is enriched you know is self sustainable and is you know able to uh, be itself in its own then it won't need anything else or any external help and that is something that we need to realize 
and i don't think that we can realize it by ourselves so we need people you know to make us realize and that way i guess uh, talking to people and just talking to your friends would make a really good impact yeah i love that i've told this story before but like um i think uh, about two years ago i I, start, I i got the chance to work with this wonderful person who is now my best friend um, and she just carries containers everywhere she has a keep cup she has a container we went to the market and normally you would get plastic bags right but no she got everything in the container and she takes the organic rubbish home to compost Oh, wow. I know. I know. It's like next level. And I was so inspired. And then after that, I was just like, you know, I kind of made it like a personal rule um, to not drink coffee unless I bring a keep cup. But then lately I've been so busy that I keep forgetting. But after this conversation with you, I got reminded that I'm going to keep bringing a keep cup every day. I'm going to just put it in my bag. So it's never going to be forgotten. Um, I think little things really matter. You know, like I think uh, it's easy to say, yeah, let's change everything. Um, but in reality, it's just what we do on the daily. Little things add up. Because if I think about the the amount of coffee I drink, and I'm just one person, every day I drink a coffee. If every day I have a plastic cup or a paper cup that I throw away, 365 days, that's going to be 365 cups. Okay. Yeah. So I think it's it's a really good point. And I, I think we can all do our parts and, and talk to our friends and um, hopefully our friends can also just observe us and mirror our behaviors, like you said, you know, um, and maybe in your life, there's already someone who is an example to you. But if there's no one, then you can set the example to others. And I think that's the nice thing about being human, you know, like you have the power to, to change and to choose what you do today. Um, so that's on the topic of, you know, like, having all this social interaction i'm just like yeah i mean we could talk about this all day i'm like my mind's like going everywhere i'm like okay what do i do tomorrow you know like what kind of things should i bring with me what should i pack from now on what other things can i do when i'm on the street so much to think about absolutely that's the beauty of the topic i guess you know uh, that everything i i in my opinion the solution of any problem is in the problem itself so most of the time, it is uh, the little things or it is the, you know, the tiniest details, you know, that we can do to, you know, have that ripple effect, that butterfly effect. And that makes a major difference in our lives. So, yeah, uh, yeah. the day we, you know, kind of open our eyes and uh, and also our mind. So all, all the senses are awakened, I guess, uh, we will be able to solve every problem that there is. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for that. We could talk about this for so much more. Uh, but since we've covered a lot of the theoretical parts of it, I would love to talk about something more practical. So let's go into our practice debrief. So I know you're very passionate about protecting the environment. And uh, we've talked a lot about you know the, the little acts that you can do and how much of an impact it can have. And we also, we've learned so much from you today in terms of how much of an effect um, that our modern society is having on the environment. So what is a practice that you personally do to improve your pro-environmental behaviors? Oh, that's a very good question again. So uh, I would say that over consumerism is one of the biggest threats to the society nowadays. So uh, because of the entire uh, you know, uh, the show of culture or the entire, uh, you know, things uh, being available to us at our own accord. And because of the entire online culture, the, uh, everything is available at just one click. So that has kind of, you know, caused us to consume more than we want and more than we need. So there are two things. There, there is the... Uh, there is what you need and there is what you want and then there is what you consume so uh, i would say that you know what i might need 
it's just one phone to kind of uh, do everything that I want to do. What uh, what I would want is maybe to have one phone for my you know personal use and one phone for my professional use. But what I would buy would be three or four phones, uh, amongst which two I would uh, not even use on a daily basis. And that is the problem. And that is not just limited to use of electronics. It is uh, basically everywhere. Uh, and because of this culture, we kind of waste a lot of resources. So this uh, this was one thing that I uh, you know discovered uh, that the, the the cosmetics that we use. So uh, we use I I basically use moisturizer every day. So uh, I will use fifty milliliters or fifty grams of moisturizer. I will buy it and I'll start pouring it. But once it doesn't come out, I'll throw it away. So uh, one day, out of curiosity, I decided to cut it into half because I I uh, I kind of ran out of moisturizer and I don't go out without putting moisturizer. So I was desperate. So I kind of cut it to see if something would just come out. And I was shocked. You know, when I cut it, there was a lot of content that was left inside. Wow. And I didn't even realize the amount of, you know, moisturizer that I wasted in every bottle, in every pack that I used before that. And uh, since then, I kind of changed my practice. And now, uh, after, you know, things stop coming out of it, I cut it into half and uh, and then I use it again. So I, I have... I have two halves that are there inside, uh, you know, my drawer, which I can show. And uh, that is something that can change a lot of things for us. Because uh, we don't even realize that we are not just wasting resources, but we are also wasting money. Right? There are a lot of clothes in our closet, which we don't wear. You know, which, which we buy once and then we just uh, put them on once. And then because of the social media culture we don't put them on again because you know that would cause repeat in the photos that we post and that is horrendous to be really honest i mean that is something that has caused a lot of wastage in the resources this because we don't realize that you know uh, if i talk about jeans then jeans is one of the most polluting uh, you know industries that there is because it uses up a lot of water. And the same is with leather. So leather wastes a lot of water. And it is also causing, you know, unnecessary hurt to animals as well. So they are the most polluting industries. And despite that, we consume them mindlessly. We don't uh, put our brains, we don't put our, we don't put one single thought before buying anything new. And I guess, that one practice of buying what you need can change a lot of things. It can change the entire ballgame. So uh, if we start changing our consumer behavior, which is again a social behavior, it can make a lot of changes. So even if uh, one thing that I really like uh, nowadays, which is happening because of the entire whole culture, is that you know people are now reselling their clothes. You know, uh, so that is one thing that, you know, that is actually happening good. Because uh, when we, you know, kind of, uh, if we cannot use it ourselves, then why not, why not give it to someone else who can use it? And then it, it gets into a cycle. So when, when it gets into a cycle, it does not end up being waste. And then again, uh, I come from a culture where nothing actually goes into waste to... Uh, it is a it is a regular habit in our household that you know if if one piece of cloth uh, it it's not uh, you know it it has uh, gotten uh, you know rubbed and it has gotten waste then we use it as a cleaner so we will start cleaning with it and uh, if we are not uh, you know if something else has gotten into waste we not even throw it we'll use it in some ways else so 
paper is one of the things that you know that gets wasted very easily because of the entire print culture. So we print paper without even applying a second thought. So I try to make this uh, a habit in all the offices that I go that we print paper only when it's required, and we do it both the sides. And if we cannot do it both the sides, if we're using one page, then we use the other side of the paper as a notepad, or uh, or in some or we you know print it some other time, some other thing that you know is casual, so that it doesn't get wasted. It uses the entire life cycle, and once it uh, it gets used into the entire life cycle, then yes, it can be recycled. And if you cannot recycle it. Then uh, I I have this habit of making confettis out of it, so I just punch them and make confettis for decoration. So nothing can oh, waste it. In my opinion, nothing can get wasted if you kind of you know try to uh, find out alternatives. And uh, yes, so one thing that I would really want to recommend via this podcast is that stop over consuming. Buy stuff only when it is required. And only when the thing that you're using is up to its entire potential, and if you cannot use it anymore, try to give it to someone who can make use out of it. Because that way, that person will also get benefited. You will get benefited, and the thing will also not go into waste. So it's kind of a mutualism behavior. So when that can happen, why waste things? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. You recommended one practice, but in so much detail that I don't have anything else to ask. Um, I think it's just to summarize, um, you know, this, I, I would call it um, mindful consum- consumerism, something like along that line. Absolutely. Um, it, it not only helps the environment, not only helps your pocket, uh, but it also just really allows you to have a freer life because I think about the amount of stuff that I have and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I have to manage all this stuff, you know? So I've been thinking about decluttering, decluttering for a while. And yeah, like, it's just so scary to think about. So yeah, I would say like those are the three benefits that I could hear from you. Um, And I really love that you just find ways to utilize things and really reuse things when possible. I think it's kind of, um, it's like a fun thing to try as well because it, it increases your creativity because you're like, you know, okay, this is the end of the life of this book, but what can we do with is it? it Make it really? funny. <laughs> but it, it, is it really the end of it? <laughs> yeah, make confetti out of it. It'll be fun. Oh, I love that. Awesome. Okay. Thank you so much. Um, I've learned so much today and I, I think it's been super fun talking to you, but before we let you go, we have open mic. So in this section, I would love to invite you to talk about anything that you're passionate about. I know that you have quite a few passions, so take it away. So, uh, so at the top of my head, I can only think of two things that I'm passionate about. One is environmentalism. So one thing, uh, one term that I coined is eBay. So uh, being uh, being of the generation that is tech savvy uh, and uh, full of uh, you know slang, eBay is what I believe in. So I am the eBay, and eBay for me stands for Earth before anything else. So in anything that you do, if you kind of uh, you know take into consideration about the impact that you will be creating the impact that your actions would be having, it will be a a lot more easier for you to be cautious and to be conscious. So, as I said, respect is the key. So once you start respecting yourself, once you start respecting people around you, once you start respecting beings around you, once you start respecting things around you, nobody can stop you from being the optimum version of yourself the best version of yourself and a lot of my attributes uh, came from you know my earlier passion my first year which is dancing and uh, yeah I would say that it it helped me a lot you know kind of uh, striking that balance and uh, because uh, you know when when you dance when you uh, 
when you are moving, when you are listening to the music and you're not swaying, you kind of forget everything else. And you are there in that moment, being your one true self and just enjoying. And it also teaches you a lot about, you know, life in general and a lot about, you know, controlling your physical self. So it, it, it brings balance. It brings focus. It uh, brings kind of, well, you know, it, it kind of teaches you multitasking, uh, which kind of creates a balance in your life. And uh, then, yeah, it also brings happiness. For me, it brings a lot of happiness. So when I'm not doing anything else, when I'm not working, I kind of put on the music and start dancing. Um, it kind of uh, relieves me. It kind of relaxes me. Um, and the same I can say is with the environmentalism. So when I'm not doing anything, I'll start creating content and I'll start posting it. You know, trying to uh, raise awareness uh, of the topics which are misunderstood, of the things that are happening around us that we don't know about. So yeah, both of these things bring me peace and it kind of makes me the happy person that I am. And if not for these things, uh, I wouldn't have said that I'm doing well because uh, it it kind of brings control. And uh, there is one, uh, the recent incident that I would like to recall, you know, which kind of uh, focuses on how important you know, uh, ha having that control and having that consciousness is. So during my accident, uh, you know, when it happened, I was traveling alone. I was on an official visit and I was traveling alone. And, uh, you know, it, the, the trolley kind of fell on my hand. And, uh, I, you know, my mind started getting numb. And having having a broken bone, it, it, it was very painful. But uh, I also knew that I can't be vulnerable alone. I can't be vulnerable in front of a lot of people. And I kind of tried to, you know, gather it all and gather all the pain in. My mind was getting unconscious. It was getting numb, but I tried to control it. I tried to bring everything into balance. I tried to do it and I was able to do it. For good 15 minutes, 15, 20 minutes until I met my family, I didn't feel it at all. But once I saw my family, I started crying. And that kind of made me realize how powerful our mind and consciousness is. You know, things can only impact you when you want them to be. So realizing that, if we kind of bring that attribute in our lives, when we kind of bring empathy and respect and see everything with a lens, uh, which is which is respectful, which is mindful, then we can lead a very happy and balanced life. And if not, if we start comparing ourselves, if we start uh, feeling negative emotions, then, uh, you know, then it's, it goes downhill. So the power of the mind, the power of environment, the power of our physical being, the the power of our you know subconscious being is more than what we imagine. So I guess uh, that is something that we can only learn by observing our natures, by observing things around. You know, ants are pretty small, but they can carry up to thousand times weight than than tens. And that is something really beautiful. So by observing things around us, we can learn a lot, not just by observing humans, but just just going on a walk and observing things around us. We can learn a lot. So I guess that is something that can change us. So that, that is something that I wanted to say. Ah, what a beautiful message to close with. Thank you so much. Um, and thanks again for being here. You know, it's Friday afternoon for us. You know, it's the end of the week. And I think there's no better way to finish the week. It's it's ending on a really strong note. Um, and for me, I, I have a lot to think about after our conversation. 
as I said, you know, I'll start doing new things from from now on. So um, thank you so much for sharing your insights. And if our audience would like to reach out to you to say hi for or for a collaboration, how can they find out about you? Sure. Uh, so uh, you can find me on LinkedIn or Instagram. I'm pretty active there. And uh, if any questions you might have on, you know, how to uh, change into your general behavior, into pro-environmental behavior or Anything in general, you can just shoot me a message. Awesome. Thank you so much. And it's been lovely having you here. We hope to have you back next time. Um, I wish you a speedy recovery and have a good weekend. Thank you so much. You've been listening to Doing Well, the Wellbeing Science Insights podcast produced by the Wellbeing Science Labs, a division of LMSL, the Life Management Science Labs. More episodes are available from 10 Life Management Perspectives and can be found by searching LMSL on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, YouTube, and other podcasting apps available on your devices. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, share, and subscribe to our channel so that other people can find it and we can continue to provide quality content. More of our work can be found on our website at we.lmsl.net where you can join our movement. I'm Lu Ngo. Thanks for tuning in.